Hey there, and welcome to the Live Well, Live Simply podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Johns, and on today's episode, I'm chatting with my friend Avril Yule from Hobart, Tasmania. We're talking about listening to the whispers of your heart, and Av shares some really good advice on how to live a life you really love as an artist. But before we get stuck in, let's share a little bit about Simplify Everything magazine. Simplify Everything magazine is a digital publication that empowers you to simplify your life. Created for people who want more adventure, exploration, and self-discovery. Simplify Everything magazine will inspire your self-discovery as you journey into the unknown and challenge the confines of modern life. Check it out at www.cindyjohns.net forward slash simplify everything. Now, let's start our interview with an introduction and a bit of backstory about Av. So, Av, welcome to the Live Well, Live Simply podcast. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So, let's start by filling our listeners in with a bit of backstory about who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, Look, my name is Avril Lawler and I'm an artist um, living in Hobart in Tasmania. Um, I have two small kids. I work from home. I've got a home studio and um, at the moment I'm painting seascapes, but uh, over the years I've done series that have been related to the alpine wilderness and to my garden um, and a lot and portraits. Uh, That's where my heart was at the beginning of it all before I went to art school. So I have recently, um, at the start of 2020, uh, gone full-time with my art, but it's always been something that has been on the um, outskirts of my life for over 15 years. What Av doesn't mention here is that in 2013, she and her husband went hunting for an investment property and ended up buying a large ramshackle farmhouse on the outskirts of Hobart. I asked Av to spill the beans on that story, and this is what she said. So back in 2013, your then family of three purchased a really large ramshackle farmhouse on the outskirts of Hobart. And I remember that you and your husband, Anton, were actually looking for an investment property. So what was it about this renovator's delight that captured your heart? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, how life turned? Because, um, yes, we were looking for an investment property. uh, But I think really in my heart of hearts, all of those investment properties <laughs> we were looking for the potential for something I guess that we would move into later so I think okay. that it became clear as we went along that we were like oh but this doesn't have more bathrooms than our last house or this doesn't have a big enough garden so I think at the end of the day we were I mean it would have been great to have gotten an investment property but I think we were we had a lovely cottage um, also on the outskirts of Hobart but it had a pocket handkerchief-sized garden. And um, (laughs) while it was a lovely garden for a couple, it wasn't a great garden for kids. And um, I think that's what really sold us on on Strawberry Cottage. It was a bit bigger than our house. It had a lot of work to do. We probably didn't realise how much work there was involved. So I think we were maybe a little naive. Um, But it had a massive garden. And so it's on a double block and the garden is... 
are also ramshackle <laughs> and it's um <laughs> and it's it's big and it gave that sense of being able to be lost in it and I think that that is what in our own ways we both had as children I mean I grew up on sand dunes on a beach that had no other houses on it in the middle of a farm so we didn't have neighbours and we had a huge playground of she oak forest and paddocks and beaches to be able to just roam and we did mm. just roam we were very free and my husband grew up in Auckland and he grew up in the um, suburbs of Auckland um, in old houses that then were becoming industrial estate around him. So he actually, you know, once five o'clock on a Friday ticked around, had all this expanse of places to roam, to ride his bike. There wasn't the weekend trading that you have now. So he had a big playground um, and a lot of freedom. Yeah. And I think that raising kids at the, at, in this day and age I think it's really hard unless you live very country to give them that sense of freedom that we had as kids in the um, growing up in the 70s and 80s. And so this kind of gave us that middle ground. It gave us a garden where they can play and they can feel like they're not overlooked, but they, you know, you know where they are. So yeah. it's um, a bit of that. And also, you know, I'm just greedy. I like to plant all the flowers and I like <laughs> to plant all the fruit trees. And this had, you know, it had walnut trees and quinces and apples and pears. And we've since planted cherries and apricots and, you know, I, I want it all. And you know what I yeah. really love about that story is that your head was telling you something. Let's go find an investment property. But your heart yep. was telling you something whispering something completely yeah. different to what your head was saying and in the end that whisper that whisper turned into an almost shouting voice when you found the right thing yeah yeah and i think that that is so um i think that's so it's probably the way i operate i think that my heart my heart my head always take it my head's usually in control um but it takes a long time for my heart to break through but it usually does I just love that response, right? That eventually, <laughs> if you listen to the whispers of your heart, eventually your heart will win over your head. Now, I asked Av what was the pivotal moment that made her decide to pursue her art career full-time. So on the subject of being a full-time artist, I know it's been a journey for you to get to this place where you can focus on your heart's calling. Tell us about the point when you decided that that's it, I'm doing this full time. Um, I think it was when it was starting to crowd out the other stuff. So I, yeah. I certainly didn't, I didn't do it until I had had a market and mm -hmm. until I had built a following and I was selling work enough that, I knew that it would go part of the way to covering the money I was earning elsewhere, yes. if that makes sense. Yes. So I didn't jump into it rashly. And in, in fact, I probably I probably had two things that had to happen. I had to get brave enough to do it and to back myself. And I think that's partly having built up um, a little bit of demand for my work. But it was also being um, confident in the work that I was producing um, yeah. and that it was far enough along that I thought, yep, that can that can keep growing and it can sustain um, being a business now. 
listened to, I mean, I listened to a lot of podcasts, but I listened to um, Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, mm. She did a podcast several years ago now called Big Magic and mm. it was to do with her Big Magic book. It was called Magic Lessons. And somewhere along the line, um, the subject of whether you your dream can can stand the pressure of it being that thing that um, pays its way, yeah. and that sometimes if you do if you too early jump on your dream, the pressure for it to pay its way is so great that it becomes a really um, unpleasant kind of place to be. Yes. You. You know, you are so desperate to earn money that yeah. your dream then suffers and it, 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 you know, you might have to give it up because it's not paying. So I didn't want to ever go too early. I didn't, I d yeah, I think that just sometimes everything aligns, all yeah. the stars align and it's just like, okay, it's now or never. And for me, I got a now or never moment. It was a, all right, I'm not in my dream job. I'm, um, I don't, the only dream job I can think is my art. Mm -hmm. I've got enough people buying my work now that I'm um, confident about it. I've certainly put in my apprenticeship because, you know, I had mm -hmm. done my fine arts degree in between having the kids and working, you know, um, part-time in, in a couple of different jobs. Um, I've been exhibiting for years, um, both solo exhibitions and, and group exhibitions, and it was really time to either take the next step or keep it as a hobby forever. And this is what she had to say on the subject of anxiety as an artist and stepping out and following her heart. As an artist, we do it all the time. You know, every time we put a new piece of work up or yeah. every time we exhibit something, yeah. um, we're putting ourselves out there for criticism, for, um, you know, in a very personal way, in a very different way than a lot of other professions do. Um, it's it's a really, you know, you, you get better at it. It's practice. Yeah. You get better and better at being brave, the braver you are. And what have you noticed about yourself since you made the decision? Are you more content, maybe more anxious? Because, <laughs> you know, these things can go either way, but, yeah. What have you oh, no, both. I'm both. both. And it, yeah, both. And um, and that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, more anxious because uh, it's more volatile. There's not a guaranteed um, a guaranteed check at the end of each you know week like there is if you work for somebody. Um, but then again, there's not a guaranteed check at the end of every week. So, yeah. you know, oh, potentially, yeah. you know, you can earn five yeah. bucks or you can earn a couple of grand. It just yeah. depends. So um, I'm getting better probably at managing that. I'm I'm better at just saying, oh, it is what it is. I'll just turn up and do the work and yeah. I'll keep turning up and doing the work and yeah. um, keep putting it out there. Um, so, yeah, more anxious in a way, more content certainly in another way because I'm at least putting my energy into something that I love. Yeah, both. They can live beside each other. They can, and they often I do. Think, I think it will always swing back and forward between the two. Yeah. And my final question to Av, what are three pieces of advice that she would give to artists wanting to take the plunge into becoming a full-time artist? Here's how she responded. So what are three pieces of advice that you would give to any artist listening 
who are toying with the idea of focusing on their art full time? Oh, I think make sure you're doing work that you love, first of all, and not what you think um, will sell necessarily. I think that if you're doing it from the heart, uh, it will always show yeah. and um, and that the market will follow rather than trying to fit yourself into a box. Yeah. I think... I, I think that it is just as valuable to do something as a hobby on the side sometimes as it is to do it as a job mm-hmm. and that not it, it doesn't diminish what you do so that um, if it remains something that you do a couple of days a week and, you know, sell the odd piece of work, it's just as valuable as if it is your full-time job and to keep going, that's... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that sometimes uh, years ago I read a book um, called What Should I Do With My Life? And um, it was stories from a whole heap of different people. Um, it was by Pope Bros- Bros- Brosnan, I think it is. I might have misquoted that. But um, it, it just showed that some people were, um, had a dream and, if and you know, I remember one particularly, a woman who um, wanted to be a uh, radio presenter, DJ, but she found that, she was happy doing that volunteer um, one day a week at a local radio station. She didn't need it to be her full-time job. She just needed the satisfaction of being able to do it, you know, yeah. to some extent. And so I think that that's, um, that's really valuable. And I think just um, I think it's small steps and I think um, building, a, building a following slowly and organically yeah. with good word of mouth doing what you say you'll do when you say you'll do it. I think that that's a really, really valuable thing, much better than being a overnight success and, you know, getting one big exhibition. I think that you can do a lot with um, that kind of grassroots organic support. And um, and I would say that building that is is probably the best thing that you can do. Yeah, beautiful. So there you have it. An artist who's chosen to live life on her own terms, sharing her advice on how you can do it too. Now, if you'd like to hear more from Avril and all of our contributors, please head over to cindyjohns.net forward slash simplify everything and subscribe to the Simplify Everything magazine. All of our contributors share monthly on things that are in their heart about cultivating their own simple lives. It's great advice. It's heartfelt advice. It's warm. And you will learn so much. Thank you so much for joining us in this series. And I look forward to speaking with you again in our next series. Until then, take it easy.